Welcome to KC Corner episode 109. 109. I got it. I didn't even have to check this morning. That's impressive, Brooks. <laughs> you are on top of your game again today. And do you know whose birthday it is today? Oh I'm my! Putting goodness. you right on the spot. You know, yeah. Let me think. <laughs> Oh my He's a big Bolts fan. Uh, golly, I don't know. Maybe a roommate of Caleb's back in the day. Uh, Eric's. Yes. Okay, the happy birthday six. to Eric Sexton. <laughs> fantastic. Big 2-6, which is Caleb's number. Yes, uh, yes, exactly. The, the boys are getting old now. The boys They're are growing getting old. old. <laughs> Brooks, when someone says 26 is getting old, you know you know what it means when someone's 56? It's <laughs> as wow. But that's okay. A young soul still. Young soul. Listen, and we have Jesus, so we're going to be living forever, right? Absolutely. It's beautiful Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautiful well, stuff. Sorry to throw you off there right off no, the bat. No, no, that was good. That was good. I Our like bolts it. have gotten a little bit better. They're not limping into the playoffs anymore and gotten a few wins in a row now. Let's get, I'm glad we're getting the important stuff done here. Yeah. And I love it. So, yeah, they are looking good. You know, two more, home, uh, two more regular season games and then playoffs. So, mm-hmm. here we go, Brooksy mm-hmm. boy. Three-peat, my man. <laughs> here we go. I love it. Well, we can jump into the important stuff now, like you were saying in your new sermon <laughs> series, We Are Family. We Are Family, and the, really the tagline is going to be important to this as well. It's it's our worship and our witness. Um, um, excited about it. It's going to be a five-week mini-series, and it's going to be topical. It's not like, hey, we're plowing through Ephesians or you know, going through a book like Habakkuk, um, which is diff- difficult or different, I should say. Um and I'm really excited, as I mentioned, that Charlie's going to be preaching part of this as well. So it's been a group effort, a collaboration between the two of us and beyond to kind of what do we want to say uh, and that we are family. You know, as a church, we are God's family. And you look at that amazing beauty of that reality and how scripture, how scripture unpacks that for us. So let me start off with a bigger picture. Our hope is this, is at King's Chapel, is that we realize, okay, if we can see who we are in Christ and we're part of the family, there are certain family responsibilities. I mean, what does it look like for our worship? And what does it look like for our witness? And, you know, to tip our hand, we felt led to this series really to say, okay, love our church, love where we are. But, you know, there needs to be in our DNA and in our understanding that, all hands on deck. You've heard me say that before. Like uh, back, let's think of back of God's people in the Old Testament, specifically when they're coming out of Egypt into the promised land. And, you know, the Levites were the ones who really were tasked with the responsibility of being uh, those who maintained the temple, those who maintained, uh, uh, you know, those kind of things. And it was not only by tribe, but it was like specifically by who in that tribe. Well, you guys can do the Holy of Holies and you guys can carry this and you can carry that. But when you realize that uh, this royal priesthood that God calls us, uh, that's all of us, you know, that's not just some, the deacons or the elders who do the work of the church. It's that we all, especially as a young church, we, we all are involved of how do we help prepare for worship? How do we how do we all engage in worship and how do we all engage in witness? So that's the overarching desire of this is for us to to get deep into uh, God's word and understanding of, wow, I got a part here, which is really important. But then Sunday is, hey, we're a part of God's family. So it was the overview. I told Charlie after church, I'm like, oh man, I feel like I gave so much information. You know, I hope I didn't. Uh, One of the few times I've gone just pa- or past two pages in the little notebook. Wow. You know, I had to go three impressive. pages. So, impressive. Yeah. A three-pager. <laughs> a three-pager. You know? um, 
And I think God, he's always faithful. And I got some nice feedback. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Brooks. Honestly, from my perspective, I felt like I overcooked it a little bit. Uh, um, I felt like it was almost too much information. There's almost, as you know, there's a saturation point for about everything. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how much information can you take in? But, you know, I talked about, hey, we are the family of God. We're the chosen family of God. It came from God. He's the one who's done it. And we're this rescued family of God. We're this enlightened family of God. And that that in and of itself is enough sermon uh, material then. But we're more than just this incredible chosen family of God, which, which by the way, before time began, he loved us. Mm -hmm. We're this incredibly blended family of God. And I think that we miss how, uh, gosh, how huge it was that Jew and Gentile were coming together. We miss how... It just, you know, the church is kind of what it is right now and it's mm -hmm. kind of blended and, you know, uh, and again, we're, we're still segregated in many ways, but, but for what would, what was happening in Christ Jesus, the, the peace that he was bringing, what he was uniting Jew and Gentile, slave and free, um, you know, male and female, unbelievable blended family, this beautiful Ross dress for last picture mm -hmm. of what we have. And then, but we're the family of God on earth. We got a job to do. So, um, Loved it. Uh, I, I feel like uh, if we understand identity, we start to understand more of our responsibility um, and, um, you know, what of our privileges are. And I've got to say, I'll, I'll end with this and let you jump in. You know, one of the sweetest things that happened to me um, that could ever happen to me on any Sunday is I, I got a text from uh, who I call Aunt Joan. She's not technically my aunt, but it's Joan Carpenter, and she's been a family friend of ours for years, uh, a great friend of my mother's. And uh, um, she texted me on the way home, and one of the things she said was, I'm crying tears of joy just thinking that I'm a part of God's family. And you're like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, this saint, this incredible woman of God who's, you know, mid-80s, uh, who's leaving church weeping over her sonship uh, mm -hmm. over her adoption into christ is uh, uh man just saying thank you holy spirit for making that clear mm -hmm. i'm gonna work backwards a little bit starting with the we are the blended family of god and how yeah. you talked about like gentiles were referred to as they're called dogs yeah and it was just jews were part of the kingdom at that point and how jesus mm. was our family builder he like yeah. kind of thinking about a family and we were just talking about david's line like you can point to him as like right. the overarching part of this family right. like jesus is the overarching what drew in all the gentiles and he's called the cornerstone i didn't draw on that at all but you know um it's it's interesting i brooks i wouldn't have thought of going this way but during um, his lifetime, uh, uh, he talked a little bit like, "Hey, I, I came for the Jewish people, you know. The, you know, I didn't. I came for my own people." And mm -hmm. so there seemed to be an ethnic uh, flair or an ethnic focus is probably a better way of saying this. That hey, I've come for the Jews. But uh, at, at some points in his ministry, you feel like that's who we who he's come for. But but then you look at a bigger picture. He said, no, 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 no. He's come to seek and save all the loss of his family. And that includes everybody. And that includes those quote unquote dogs, the uncircumcised, you know, those, those, and he is that builder. So what he had to do is he had to knock down the dividing wall that separated him. Anything that separated him, he had to knock down. And what's one of the bigger things that separated all of us is kind of the customs and the, uh, the laws and so some a lot, a lot of that ceremonial law stuff kind of faded away and the whole book of acts brooks one of you know when paul and barnabas and silas eventually 
um, uh, and John Mark, when they're going out and they're, they're going out as the first missionaries and they're seeing Gentiles come to Christ, the big question in the early church were, was this, hey, do these Gentiles need to become Jewish? I mm-hmm. mean, do they now need to get circumcised? They now to come into the temple? I mean, kind of declare. Uh, so how do they embrace the story? And it's interesting because what was happening was they said, well, they embrace the story with something religious done to them. They need to be circumcised or in today's day baptized, which is a good, important thing. But you know, no, no, no. They're they're a part of the family by God's grace. He in Christ Jesus. He alone is the builder. He alone is their peace, and he's fulfilled the law for both of us. He's fulfilled the, all of that. The ceremonial law is going to fade away. The moral law, you know, that we still follow, but it's it's been completed in Christ. Mm-hmm. I want to jump to the enlightened family of God too. How it says. <clears throat> implications for today, not just our future home. So today matters. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about non-believers, how I always think like, how do you wake up and just be like, today matters? Like, yeah. just like, you know, you would feel like nothing matters at that point because you believe that everything's just random. It's, you know, yesterday um, was Allie's, my daughter's uh, pickleball day after school. So she and her <laughs> teachers played some pickleball and she was telling me a story of one of the teachers, and interestingly, the story is the person's name is exactly your mom's name. <laughs> it's exactly yes. your mom's name, and she's a uh, Cuban ref- a refugee or mm-hmm. not a refugee, but Cuban descent, I should mm-hmm. say, and very, very conservative politically, mm-hmm. but an atheist. Mm-hmm. And you, you think, what? <laughs> I mean, how how do you find any meaning in anything uh, if it's so random, you mm-hmm. know? And so as as you were saying, and and uh, but we do, uh, we what what we do does matter, and mm-hmm. uh, we are that family of God on earth, and uh, you know we've been enlightened to let. What, what is God doing? It says the Father is uniting all things in heaven and earth. This is Ephesians one, like nine, ten, eleven. He's this mystery. He calls it is that. Um, God in Christ Jesus is uniting all things in heaven and earth. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, we can see in 2 Corinthians 5, he's reconciling us to the Father. He begins with that reconciliation. And then he's he's trying to bring us back to the way things should be. And we know that we can never accomplish that fully, but he is going to do it. And so what we do now really does matter. And uh, how do we help bring reconciliation from to heaven and earth? How do we bring the kingdom of God here by the way we live and the way we submit to our, our king. And yeah, it, was, mm-hmm. it makes today matter. Whether you're doing baseball cloud, whether you're preparing a sermon or whatever you're doing, raising a family, you know, it's, it matters. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be, you know, we leave earth. Everything on earth is going to be made perfect, tear wiped away, and all the brokenness made perfect and everything like that. It, it, we were meant for this place. It's just broken right now. It's really interesting you say that. I, I love that, Brooks, because I think that most people don't feel like we were meant for earth, mm-hmm. that we're somehow, you know, most sadly, most people think that heaven is a disembodied spirit somewhere in the clouds. Mm-hmm. But as Revelation 5 says, hey, we were made kingdom of, kingdom and a priest to rule on earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I think you're showing some good influence by C.S. Lewis by saying these things. That's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. And Earth's a pretty awesome place, too. You know, it'll obviously be better when it's perfect, but there's, yeah. some, there's some cool places here. Yeah. So you think the new heavens and new Earth will be here? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I kind of do. And I think it's the ultimate. It says that heaven will come down and fill the Earth. It'll, there'll be a connection. That, mm-hmm. That's the ultimate. New, new heaven and new Earth, they're connected. They're connected in a way that they'll never be disconnected Mm -hmm. uh, the way they are now and so now we pray that the kingdom would come now that we try to advance the kingdom now that's what god is doing but in the final story there is there's heaven and earth are are together and uh i don't know what that looks like but it sounds (laughs) fun to think about it's pretty awesome make guesses (laughs) exactly Wow, that'd be great. We had, this is a total aside, but we're already down the rabbit hole. We had a teacher back in the day who talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's like, he and he was, he, he likes surfing. So he's like, there's going to be perfect surfing and perfect waves yeah. and just like all these yeah. things. Yeah. And me as a fisherman thinking about there's going to be perfect Perfectly. fish to catch and yeah. perfect golf shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. It's a, it, we'll play golf like, uh, the North Korean, yeah, know, yeah, exactly. 18 hole in ones, mm-hmm. you know, yep, so, perfect, you know, but the interesting thing is, uh, I want to have the perfect shot coming out of the woods. You know, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so, the so, perfect layup shot. You, which, but so you can't have the perfect layup shot unless you got your drive wasn't perfect. So <laughs> what, how does that happen? All right, we'll have to figure that out. So anyway, this and, is deep stuff with Jeff and Brooks, right? Yeah, here. this is yeah, where we this go. This is the good stuff. This is the good <laughs> we stuff. We get to heaven. We're talking about golf and fishing. We're, we're just a couple knuckleheads. Yeah, we are for sure. <laughs> we're also uh, since the. Sermon series is titled "We Are Family." We we're joking in the sound booth, Chris and I. Like when you start coming out there and you first initially say it, we're gonna play the song like "We, we Are," uh, and we knew that would just throw you off your game. So we no, decided not to great. do it. No man, I, that wouldn't have, would have thrown me off my game. That would have got me going. Man. I probably would have done the moonwalk, couple dance stuff. moves, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh golly! So briefly looking ahead to this week, we have uh, Charlie preaching. We, we do. I'm really looking forward to it. And he's going to talk about. He's going to be in First Peter two, and it's going to talk about again that priesthood of believers and uh, who we are as these living stones being built together in a, in a household of worship and how important our worship is and, and all hands on deck. But Charlie's going to be turning the corner as well, just looking at. You know, you and I are spiritually gifted. We've been given gifts by God graciously to be a part of the church and how do we utilize our gifts and again i love it because i think you are you're utilizing the gifts god's giving you to help do casey corner and help you know you know do the sound stuff and on sunday mornings but how do we do it and so um we're going to be looking at that reality and my hope and prayer is that the holy spirit will will not only empower charlie but empower us to hear that hey i i, I i'm an important stone in this you know this this, this, if he's made me a living stone, I got to make sure I'm linked together on the foundation of Christ to build what he wants to build. Mm-hmm. Especially, like you said, as a growing uh, new church, uh, we were even saying this past week, we had mm-hmm. the volunteers help out with set up and tear down. And especially tear down, you know, it usually takes, you know, till like noonish where when we right. finally get out of there. Right. And we looked around, it was like 1140, like it's all done. It's like all this done. is crazy. So it's, it's great. It's yeah. uh, the volunteer part of it and finding your gifts where you can help out, even if it's just taking stuff out to the shed is extremely important. It's extremely important. And it's it's all hands on deck. And man, we, we work together together uh many hands make light work or what, what was yeah, that sounds phrase? great something like that but at the same time you know we're we're trying to implement a new uh system uh, of, of volunteers uh, our church center apps and it's not everything's 
everything is a little bit of a, a, a challenge of like, okay, are people understanding what we're trying to do? Are we getting the word out? Are they, are they coming? And uh, how are we communicating well? Uh, but when it works like it did this last Sunday, it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know you wanted to talk a little bit, since you're not preaching this Sunday, a little bit about your devotion and Bible reading kind of over this past week. Well, you know, Brooks, it kind of perfectly dovetails with what I hope to say because we're in this sermon series. But I was reading through, again, the story of David. I thought, you know what? I, I really want to preach this. I really want to preach about the rise and fall of a godly king named David because I don't know of a story in the Old Testament that so clearly points to the need for Jesus. I mean, every page is that reality. But here you have David in so many ways. Uh, what an incredibly righteous man. What an incredible warrior. I mean, who killed his ten thousands and who killed Goliath. And yet at the same time would be a tender uh, one who can wrestle with bears and lions as, as he tends the sheep. And uh, a musician. I mean, he was the true Renaissance man. And um, in many ways, the hope for Israel, but he's, so as I read through scripture and you see the painful sin enter his life, um, uh, his fall and the fall of that lustful night with Bathsheba, you know, and you know, all the lines that he crossed and all the consequences of it. And even Nathan, the prophet saying, Hey, the Lord by his grace is going to forgive your sins. Uh, and we know that that's only accomplished in Christ Jesus and the, the true coming king, the, our true hope in the line of David. But, you know, I love how scripture tells us his family story. And his family story is really painful um, because he's going to experience loss. And he's going to experience the loss of a, a sons. And he's going to, and some sons, like, he's going to have a son that this, this this lustful heart is going to manifest itself in his son Amnon, who's going to lust gross for his sister Tamar, rape her, and then that's going to lead to another son Absalom taking matters into his own hands because the dad doesn't discipline his son, and he's going to kill his brother Amnon, and that's going to lead to David not dealing right with him, and this weird rift between Absalom and David that is going to eventually cause Absalom to come. And defile his household in a gross public way, and to, and to leave uh, drive David out of power. I mean, it looks like does it get worse than this? You know, a son is 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 publicly defiling you know, the concubines, and a son is now driving you out. In the midst of all of it, though, let's let's end here. Is that I love it because here you have David and his armies basically running from Absalom, the son, beautiful son, they say, and. Uh, um, and the whole time, David's like, be, be, be gentle to the boy. Be mm -hmm. gentle to the boy. You know, just take, take it easy on Absalom. And the, and the warriors are like, what the heck? You know, you know, you know there's no way. Um, and then when, at the, when Absalom will meet his demise at the hand of Joab the snake, that's a whole other story, is that, uh, you know, David's cry out is, oh, Absalom, oh, mm -hmm. Absalom, my son, if I could have only died in your stead. And to me, it's like, Wow, mm -hmm. what kind of king father um, would prefer to die uh, for a rebellious son? And you go, you, you know, Brooks, God hasn't given you the gift of being a father yet. And I pray he does. And I pray you have lots of incredible covenant kids. <laughs> but, you know, you would do about anything for your kid, mm -hmm. even for a rebellious kid. 
And how beautiful of a king who says, man, I wish I died in your place, Absalom. But then you say, well, wait a minute. Wait, we're, we're that rebellious son. And our king, Jesus, did die in our place. Mm-hmm. And he is the one. He not only desired to do it, he did it. And because he did it, we could be forgiven and free. So that's that's just a really quick snapshot. And I just thought, you know, it would be it'd be really cool uh, maybe this fall for us to to look at the rise and fall of David's uh, a, a, a godly king, David's kingdom, and how much we need Jesus. Uh, but it, it's it's almost hard to watch, Brooks, because mm-hmm. sin has consequences. And let me let me end with this thought. A lot of people say, well, you know, God is so merciful and kind, and in Christ Jesus, our sins are forgiven. And it's true. And they're separated as far as the east is from the west. And it's true. And there is no condemnation in those in Christ Jesus. And it's true. But sin has consequences. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if, uh, if you commit adultery and you commit murder um, and you uh, fall into those things, man, you could be loved and adopted and God's going to do his thing. But we see the the fruit of sin and it is oh it is painfully ugly Mm -hmm. and it makes us which every page of scripture does long for jesus yeah the old testament are is riddled with stories like that of just so clearly pointing to that we need a savior that that, that there are some broken people and that's the that's kind of the beauty of the old testament sometimes you're reading it and you get a little lost with all the crazy names and tribes and everything but it basically points to how broken these people were and how broken everyone is exactly and how broken we are if we Mm -hmm. can't find our place in the story we are we have blinders on Mm -hmm. and we are those knuckleheads as you said earlier so (laughs) so true which is awesome. Well, that's good stuff. Come good out stuff, and uh, come out and see and listen to Charlie this yeah, week. Yeah, come and... and that would be fantastic. And be a part. Uh, jump in. Hey, by the way, um, I have a. We've had a couple who've been attending King's Chapel for I would say a couple months now, and they jumped on to Casey Corner. They're listening. <laughs> so, uh, Carol and Rich, thanks for listening. If you're listening, uh, love having you guys join the conversation, and uh, so excited to have you. Uh, and it's great because they said. Well, we want to see a picture of the dog because they, 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 they knew it. They knew that we got little Rubster in uh, the Ruby. So, yeah. <laughs> the Rubster. You already got a nickname. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I always have nicknames. So it's one of many, I'm sure. All right, Brooksy. You the man, Brooksy boy. See you guys Sunday.